today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll discuss a couple of hitters busting out of long slumps. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Wednesday, May 26th, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. I'm Al Melchior. I am here with Michael Beller. We have a lot to get to on an action-packed show, so here we go. Uh, Bryce Harper placed on the injured list with a left forearm contusion. Uh, Corey Kluber leaving his start for the Yankees against the Blue Jays after just three innings diagnosed with tightness in his right shoulder. He is scheduled to get an MRI on Wednesday. So, Michael, a couple of possible uh, replacements for Kluber should he need them. And um, just to give credit where credit is due, these are a couple pitchers that Lindsey Adler uh, of The Athletic mentioned in a tweet after Kluber left the start. Uh, Davey Garcia who's been walking a lot of batters in AAA, but obviously the upside's always there. And Michael King, who pitched in long relief after Kluber's exit. Um, those two options to start at Detroit on Sunday, again, if needed. Interested in, interested in either one, should they get the nod? I would be interested in Garcia because of that upside you referenced. I think Michael King is just more of a you know organizational guy, good guy for the Yankees to have, good guy for the Yankees to be able to lean on for situations like when, you know, say Corey Kluber has to leave after three innings because of tightness in his right shoulder. But I don't think he really factors into the fantasy game for us. But Garcia, that upside, that strikeout ability, even with the walks, I would be interested in him should he get that nod. All right. A situation, obviously, to watch uh, throughout the week. Uh, several other injury and health notes here. Marcelo Zuna leaving his game early against the Red Sox with two dislocated fingers that he sustained sliding into third base. Jess Chisholm Jr., uh, not back so long for uh, his own IL stint. Uh, he sustained a mild right ankle sprain, so he is day-to-day. A few IL moves here. Rangers putting Kyle Gibson on the IL with a groin strain. Cleveland putting Zach Plezak on the IL with a fractured right thumb. Add this one to your list of bizarre injuries. Uh, his shirt got caught on a chair while he was aggressively taking said shirt off. Uh, so, Michael, this is the first shirt-related injury I can remember since uh, Jeff Bloom, way back when, uh, hurt himself taking off a shirt. Didn't, uh, didn't, isn't there like a Lou Ford ironing his shirt while he was wearing it story? <sighs> That's right. Actually, yeah, I didn't remember that being Lou Ford, but yes. Or I, for some reason, I'm thinking maybe Tom Glavin did that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I could have uh, sworn and- Lou Ford was involved in some iron in- incident. <laughs> Either way, this is, uh, this is the most uh, bizarre, it, like, uh, breaking of an injury thing. The first thing that comes to mind for me is always Jeff Kent falling off his truck while washing it. This is, uh, this, this feels like it's got the same sort of idea behind it. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I, I played the word Kent in words with friends recently, and, and that made me instantly <laughs> think of that truck incident. So, uh, lots, we could do a whole show on that. Unfortunately, we got a lot of news here, so yeah. we'll keep going with that. Uh, Harrison Bader on the IL with a fractured rib. Uh, Dil- Dylan Carlson got the start in center field. Uh, on Tuesday, Lane Thomas moving in in left field. Actually, Thomas has uh, gotten a few starts lately in left field, so it looks like he stands to gain some playing time. Finally, we get to see Alberto Mondesi yeah. this season. 
Uh, and a good good return for him. A couple of doubles against the Rays in his uh, first game of the year on Tuesday. So good to see that. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, he left his rehab start with St. Lucie with a sore right elbow. He'll be getting an MRI, so we'll watch that situation closely. Good news for Taiwan Walker. Just recently went on the IL. He could come right back off of it uh, on Friday. So it looks like that side injury for him was not too serious. Uh, so cue up your... Uh, you know, Simpson's uh, walking in the door, walking out the door gif uh, for Walker on the IL. Uh, another debut, another prospect debut of Vladimir Gutierrez scheduled to start for the Reds against Cubs this Friday. Level of interest, Mr. Beller? Um, not super high. The Cubs have actually been swinging the bats pretty well. They're 14 and 7 in the month of May. Uh, so this is a, an offense that, excuse me, seems to be getting right so I want to see a little bit about Gutierrez before I am trotting him out there daily leagues if I need the innings sure why not but in almost in in nine out of ten instances or 99 out of 100 instances I'm not going to be going after him in this spot yeah I've I've suddenly noticed that uh, yeah the Cubs are not a team to pick on anymore uh, with your your streaming pitchers Uh, DJ LeMahieu placed on paternity leave and now we've got some closer notes here Rafael Montero and James Karinchak both got saves, uh, obviously for the Mariners and for Cleveland, respectively. So those situations uh, still very much in flux. And the Royals, too. That situation looked like maybe with Josh Diamond that that got resolved. But Kyle Zimmer with a two-out save against the Rays on Tuesday night. So that situation is now uh, apparently wide open again. And that red situation, that's very much in flux. We saw Amir Garrett with a potential save situation against the Nationals. We had um, a couple lefties and a switch hitter coming up. Juan Soto, Josh Bell, Kyle Schwarber. But Bell homered against Garrett. Garrett did not get the three outs. So uh, we saw Lucas Sims come in for that third out against Starlin Castro. So, Michael, you could say that Sims got a save with the Bell. <laughs> you could and you just did you definitely could and you did i don't know if you would necessarily want to really trot that line around yeah too much it looks so. like i did want to do that uh maybe <laughs> ill-advised uh to do that but uh moving on uh zach Britton to begin a rehab assignment with double a somerset this saturday and drew pomeranz to be shut down for at least a week with some tightness in his left lat as he tries to come back so a lot of closer news there uh, all right, well, let's uh, look back at Tuesday's games, Michael. A couple of hitters who have really, really struggled this year. And, of course, you talked about the Cubs waking up offensively. Jack Peterson, a part of that, and a big three-hit night for him, including a couple of num- uh, couple of home runs uh, at Pittsburgh on Tuesday. And so now for his last 60 at-bats, he has 23 hits for a 383 average over that stretch. Three homers, but, yes, two of those just came uh, in the Cubs' most recent game. But uh, is it time to uh, you know start looking at where Jock Peterson might be available? Yeah, I think so. This was a guy who was super hot in the spring, if you'll remember. Al had probably some of the best stats in spring training, and you know spring training stats caveat, whatever, whatever. But just a slow start to the season. Then he got injured. I, I think there's probably something to be said for the fact that you know this guy, this guy played his entire career with the Dodgers. Like, how many cold weather April games did he have to play in his career before this season? Obviously, some, but. Not to the extent, I bet he played more cold weather April games this year than he had in his entire career combined. So I think we could buy into that having some effect on the way he started the season. But he's now, he plays every day when he's healthy. He leads off a lot for this Cubs team. I think you want to buy in right now if you can. All right. And uh, what about Josh Bell, the aforementioned Josh Bell? Of course, that homer uh, off of Amir Garrett uh, got a couple of hits in that game plus a walk. 
And uh, so now he's definitely on a bona fide hot streak, 16 for his last 52 uh, with three homers, including the one from Tuesday. So uh, time to pick him back up where he may have been dropped. Yeah, I'm, I'm back in on Bell, too. Again, a guy who hits cleanup for that team every day or hits third for that team every day. He sandwiched in between Juan Soto and Kyle Schwarber. And we were just talking about what last week you and I talked about how hot Kyle Schwarber has been. So that's a nice lineup spot. It's not the deepest lineup, but their one through five is pretty darn good. So the RBI and run scoring opportunity should be there created by that lineup context. I think you go after Josh Bell. And as we've talked about before, first base, not as deep as it used to be. I think when you've got a guy like this with uh, enough of a track record swinging the bat as well as Josh Bell is, you want to go out and get him if you've got the need for him. Yeah. And just, you know, looking more broadly too, seeing how Peterson and Bell have really heated up when it seemed like they were never going to heat up, uh, you know, just be patient with your, your hitters and especially somebody like Bell who, you know, didn't go super early, but, uh, you know, wasn't a a last rounder either. So uh, a little lesson there for all of us, I think at this time of season and some uh, notable pitching performances as well. Rich Hill, he just keeps rolling big, big uh, start for him against the Royals. Uh, even though he didn't get the win in this one, went eight innings deep, two runs on six hits, no walks, and 13 strikeouts. Brad Keller, on the other hand, uh, actually bested him, at least in terms of one loss, uh, just one run over seven innings, seven strikeouts uh, for Keller, did uh, walk four batters, but he's been trending upward lately, so nice start for him against the Rays. Steven Matz, he's been inconsistent, but the big games have been big, a 10-strikeout game at the Yankees. Uh, on Tuesday, uh, over six and two-thirds, just one run allowed for Mats. Tarek Skubal, he has also been trending upwards. Nice start against Cleveland, nine strikeouts in just five innings, two runs allowed. And Vince Velasquez, we talked about him on the Tuesday show, Michael, so um, mm-hmm. he did come through for those who chose to stream him. Six scoreless innings against the Marlins in Miami, uh, five strikeouts, three walks, three hits. Pretty nice line overall for Velasquez. So... Uh, Hill, Keller, Matz, Scooble, Velasquez. I mean, I realize some of these pitchers, uh, Hill especially, are not really going to be available. But, uh, you know, who who's legit here? Uh, Scooble still strikes me as the most interesting just because of where he is in his career arc and the ceiling that he could present for the remainder of the season. At the very least, all these guys are going to be guys we talk about quite a bit as potential streaming options. And I think Scooble, Matz, maybe Keller, maybe not. But Scooble and Matz are guys who I think could stick on teams for you know, longer than just a start here, a start there, two-start week, whatever it might be. Uh, but still, it's just showing us and displaying to us, as though we even needed it, just how good a pitching environment we are living in in Major League Baseball in 2021. So maybe we can get more aggressive on our uh, pitcher streaming. Maybe that's the lesson we take from everything we've seen over these first couple of months. Yeah, it certainly seems like in a lot of our episodes when we talk about streamers, there's a number of really interesting options almost every day. So, uh, you know, I think the, there's some truth in what you're saying there about uh, changing our approach. All right, well, let's, speaking of which, let's look ahead to Wednesday. And I would think that this is another slate with some really good options, including a game that features two potential streaming options, Johnny Cueto and Merrill Kelly. Kelly has been much, much better of late. And Cueto, um, he's throwing harder than he has in five years, at least on his four-seamer, a little bit over 92 miles an hour on average. And uh, the results have been there for Cueto. So uh, we got Cueto, we got Kelly, we got John Gant at the White Sox, who are going with Carlos Rodon. Uh, this just Gantz just having a weird season, walking everybody, yes. but giving up no hard contact whatsoever. So the overall results in terms of ERA have been great for him. Um, 
Luis Garcia gets the Dodgers. So, you know, streamable pitcher, but tough matchup. <laughs> At and, your own uh, risk. <laughs> yeah, Trevor Bauer in that one. James Caprillion versus Seattle brought that one up, I think, late last week, thinking of thinking ahead to weekly streamers. Uh, so that starts coming up. Dane Dunning. At the Angels, uh, with Griffin Cannon getting that start for them. Jose Arrania, he's been a streamer uh, consideration on and off. He gets Cleveland, uh, who's going with a bullpen game in this one. And uh, Mike Miner at the Rays. They're going with Tyler Glass now. So some good streaming opportunities, but a lot of these, it's going to be tough to get the win. So looking at the the overall picture, who interests you for a Wednesday streamer? I think Caprillion is Far, uh, far and away, the number one guy you're going after here. Then I look at Dunning and Cueto as my next two guys. I think they both have. I think they maybe have. So I think Cueto's probably got the next best win upside uh, behind Caprellian. Dunning's is fine. I like the matchup for Dunning against a Mike Troutless Angels team. Certainly don't mind the matchup for Johnny Cueto either. That would be two and three for me. I am staying very far away from John Gant and Luis Garcia. I love Luis Garcia, hate the matchup. Don't love John Gant and hate the matchup. So those guys are not on my radar at all as streamers. Yeah, I almost didn't include Gant in this group, but it, it's just such an intriguing profile this year yeah. that I thought was worth a little discussion. But yeah, that's that's a no in the final analysis for uh, John Gant, especially with that matchup. So, uh, well, let's wind up here with looking at a couple of prospects who, you know, I wouldn't say are completely under the radar, but really, I would say so far exceeding expectations. Uh, Oswald Peraza, a uh, shortstop prospect for the Yankees, who's now in high A, um, the steals, I mean, the steals are incredible. He's already got 10 of them in 82 plate appearances, but the power, he's already equaled his total home run uh, tally from all of his previous uh, seasons and stops in the minors. Already five homers this year in those 82 plate appearances, batting 282. And Angel Zerpa uh, with the Royals, high A Quad Cities affiliate, a 21-year-old lefty who's just been lights out so far, 19 and two-thirds innings, 30 strikeouts, just three walks, uh, only a couple of homers allowed. Um, so just a couple of prospects who really are raising their profile early on. Um, I don't know the Peraz is going to be available in a whole lot of uh, dynasty leagues, but I mean, is there any reason not to at least check and see if uh, either of these prospects are available? Uh, yeah, there's definitely not a reason for that. I think the way that we might really hear about them, or especially Peraza, in this 2021 season is, you know, maybe Peraza ends up being some sort of trade candidate uh, for the Yankees in real life, uh, right? I mean, we're talking about a guy who's, got a, who's having a very good season. He's 21 years old at high A, so maybe a little old for the level, so maybe the Yankees wouldn't be uh, so protective of him if a team comes knocking on their door and asks for him uh, in something that upgrades the Yankees' major league roster. Wouldn't be surprised to see his name get thrown around as a piece in uh, trade talks uh, come in these next couple of months. So I, I could see him being on the move in that way. Yeah, and just a little context for Zerpa. He's actually a little bit younger than Ace Lacey, who certainly has a, a higher profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, somebody who, who actually might be out there uh, in some leagues, uh, dynasty leagues to be sure. Right. Don't expect <laughs> to see him in 2021, maybe 2022. So uh, on that note, that's going to be it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you do have an opportunity to rate and review this podcast, we greatly appreciate that when you do that. So for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melchior, and we'll be right back here on Thursday. Thursday.